0: aboard the Battleship Pretension I'm still alas I'm not Tyler Smith, I'm merely Scott and I
1: no, I'm David Baxton. Tyler Smith is on Safari. Thank you for joining us again, Scott uh yeah, you
0: know, I never would have believed he would go on Safari, and then I was seeing the pictures and I was like, damn, guess he's yeah. really on Safari
1: yeah he went on on Safari um yeah, uh Natalie was like uh I wonder what he's eating." <laughs> Because he's such a picky eater, I don't know what he's
0: raw lion, I'm sure <laughs> that sort of thing's allowed down there. Um, do they do lion tenders? I think he would enjoy it, yeah. Tender. He would enjoy a
1: tender, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Speaking of things happening in other countries, um, the uh, the lineup for uh, this year's Cannes Film Festival was released today. I um have had a hellish day at work and I didn't look at it, but you said you did. So did you have any thoughts?
0: I mean, it's like every year, you know, I get kind of like uh, curiously excited about the canned lineup. I've never been, and I can't imagine a world in which I would go, but at the same time, like it's the platform for some of the best filmmakers in the world, debuting are doing their work and that remains to be the case. So yes, I'm very jealous of people going to see the new, David Cronenberg or the Dardan Brothers or the Claire Denis or anyone else on this lineup. Um, I, I don't know what, like, thoughts you can form about movies no one's seen other than to say, well, I sure like those directors and I sure want to see the next thing they make. I guess I am uh, enthused that Christian Munju has a new movie out since he's like, been, like, taking a sweet time between projects. Um, what was so his last one? I, I think Graduation, which was, like, it's like oh, 2015 yeah. or sixteen.
1: Uh was it that long ago? I saw graduation. I think I reviewed it. You can find my review at Battleship Uh but was it that long ago? Wow. 2016. Yep. Just looked it wow. up. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I like uh I, I don't know. You mentioned a bunch of movies. One you mentioned was the new Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Uh Crimes Crimes of the Future it was Yeah. Uh which already has a release date. So that's one that's like you sure. you'll will get the buzz from Cannes or God forbid, like if people will say it's terrible. Um, I mean, but that's some, good.
0: That's good buzz from can.
1: Yeah. From can. Yeah. The more walkouts, the better. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, but we won't have to wait too long, which I know a lot of people are, I've heard people complain about like that, that festivals can in particular, but other ones, like you get excited about a movie and then it doesn't come out for, you know, a year or sometimes like totally, you know, um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like the lobster. I feel like I knew what the lobster was for like over a year before I actually saw it.
0: Well, but that was a weirder situation because I think like the company that was gonna release it went under, right? And so they had to like sell it off or something. Maybe that's why that one sticks out to me. Yeah,
1: but uh, personally, I think you know, um, I'll say some. Uh, I'll mention my wife again. Natalie talks about how she likes to always, even if it's just like a like a little weekend trip, she likes to always have something on the books you know even if it's like sure. months from now we're gonna go for a weekend she likes like there. there's always that when you're having a bad day at work there's always like well at least in a couple weeks a couple we're weeks. you know going to joshua tree or whatever it is you know and i kind of feel like i a, there's a part of me that enjoys that long lead time with, with movies like no matter what like i you know maybe i come out of i I see a movie i was looking forward to and i'm disappointed and i'm like well at least i know there's still a christian Munju movie somewhere in my future you know so i i i kind of i kind of enjoy that anticipation
0: yeah i i mean i'm i'm with you I, i i mean it would be thrilling to like see something completely unexpected um without like the can buzz, good or bad, does start to form, like what the movie is, um, at least how it's received, yeah. and then kind of like everything after that is in some way a reflection of it. I mean, it's telling that what, uh, gosh, sixty years later, like Love and Tour is still discussed as a movie that was booted at can. Um, Wait, what movie? Love and Tour.
1: Oh, Love and Tour. Okay, yeah, um, uh, yeah, that's it's ridiculous. The uh, the reactions sometimes. You said you can't imagine a scenario in which you could, w- would go to Cannes. I feel like I don't want to go to Cannes because I don't want to go to Cannes once. Like, I feel like okay. if I go if I go once, I will then, like, ruin myself and my marriage by <laughs> trying to uh, make it there every year for the rest of my life, the way that I do now with, like, Sundance and TIFF and other things. It's like, I, they've become, like annual traditions for me and i don't i would rather never experience can than experience it once and know what i'm missing out on for all the other years does that make sense
0: would you not just like stop going to one of those other festivals
1: no i could not an option no okay
0: (laughs) you have a very strange worldview about some things that uh (laughs) continuously befuddles me
1: well that's uh, uh look if i were If I were boring, they wouldn't let me have this podcast for 15 years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Apple would kick you right out of here, which which, like Apple doesn't even control the levers of this stuff anymore. You know, they, they had a brief time, but, uh, they've kind of moved on. Yeah. Uh, Um,
1: okay. So I was trying, I wanted there to be a, easy, uh, transition to another thing that I wanted to, to bring up to, to run, run by you, but you didn't mention any, um, italian directors with movies premiering at, at, at Cannes. I'm, i don't I think, think they let they're... those people in anymore <laughs> but here's uh, here's here's the thing i want to i want to I wanna run run past you um because i i recently someone recently i watched um a movie called aki akiara which um has not it's an italian movie it was in the if you got the uh neon for your consideration box little book of oh, discs this year, it's it's in that uh, it doesn't. Uh, so Neon is planning on distributing it. I guess they haven't. I don't, I don't think they've announced the U.S. release date for yet. But there is a U.S. release date. It's a couple days ago for another movie called
0: The Tale of King Crab. Wait, are these two movies in any way related? What are you talking about?
1: They're both Italian. Okay, sure. This is the so I watched these two movies, Akiara and The Tale of King Crab. Okay, I watched them in short succession. Some gotcha. fumble, within a couple weeks, and now and I are working our way through and loving the current third season of my brilliant friend. And it reminded me of some other movies from recent years, like happy as Lazzaro, and um and things like Sicilian ghost story. And I started to realize like, there's been a number of good Italian movies over the last few years. And there is a, some I'm trying to put my finger on the sort of similarity in tone where they're like, I wouldn't go so far as to call them magical realist but there is like this kind of t- brushing up against things that sure. uh, maybe a little bit supernatural usually in a dark way um sometimes you know like maybe there's there's ghosts or maybe there's uh portals to hell or whatever is happening in Akiara when when you see it you'll, you'll have an uh, have an opinion um and so this is my question is there something going on is there a scene or something or just something in the air in Italy right now that is leading to a number of films that are both very good and seem
0: to have similar tones. I like that you thought this was a good topic to spring on me. Something that requires me to draw on Italian cultural history and present Italian <laughs> culture, a country I've never been to. And which I certainly don't keep up with. Um, so. But
1: have you seen any of the films that I mentioned?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Happy's Lazaro. Um, i can't remember every title you just mentioned but i i I mean i'm familiar with what you're talking about i just don't know if i'm familiar enough with it let alone with italy to say what might be informing it
1: well uh you know i say this maybe they're all drunk you know (laughs) um this is also a question for the you know thousands of people listening to this hopefully they'll they'll um uh see if i'm if i'm uh am i am I keying into something or am I just making connections that aren't there because I happened to watch a bunch of Italian shit in the past two weeks? I mean, Uh, both
0: can be true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, go, uh, go Italy. You'll notice I didn't mention, I would say probably the most, uh, unless I'm wrong because I'm, uh, because I'm just coming off the top of my head, maybe the biggest name, internationally in Italian cinema right now is probably Paolo Sorrentino. I didn't mention his, his films because even though I am mostly a Sorrentino guy, they don't seem to fit this mold.
0: Well, you're just ignoring the evidence when it doesn't suit your taste, I guess. Yeah, maybe
1: that's what I'm doing. But also, he's a very, like... um, I, I mean, he, he could be kind of very uh, backward-looking and... Um, referential uh i i guess you could say some might say he's derivative um i certainly would uh yeah i i like his stuff and i like his fellini homages as opposed to fellini ripoffs i mean he made his la dolce vita the great beauty which i called my favorite film of of uh 2013 and i guess his most recent the hand of god is his i because it's his like you know personal coming of age uh uh tale but uh i don't know I, I guess i just wanted to acknowledge Paolo sorrentino because i do tend to like his stuff more often than not i really hated lauro but um other than that uh, uh i do like his stuff and he seems
0: like a big name but he's yeah. not what i'm talking about here i gave him three tries and uh, uh that's probably it
1: i'm gonna say hold on off the top of my head Il Divo, the great beauty and youth nailed it all right yeah Okay, so you never, like me, you never saw This Must Be the Place, uh, his first English language
0: movie. No, um, the mirror image of Sean Penn on that poster was <laughs> enough to uh, dissuade.
1: Yeah, I never saw it either. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I liked, uh, I was on the fence by the Devo, but I liked The Great Beauty, obviously. I liked it a lot. I made my best film
0: of the year. Uh, and then I also liked Youth. As a, I don't even have like a case against them. I just in every one of them, I sat there being like, why am I here? What, <laughs> what is this doing to anybody? Nothing. Okay. I'm out.
1: All right. Uh, well, that's, uh, what I wanted to talk about there, but, um, I also want to tell Sorry. you, I, no, I think we got some good discussions on, uh, it's con- contemporary Italian cinema, uh, <laughs> under our belts here. Uh, what I want to tell you about is, um, TweakedAudio.com. TweakedAudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Uh, Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Um, today, I was listening actually to, it has been uh, 10 years since the uh, Bon Bears self-titled album, Bon Bear, came out. And there's a uh, 10th anniversary edition that has a bunch of like live stuff and and demos and stuff at the end. And I listened uh, listened to it actually uh, a couple times today on my TweakedAudio.com earbuds. Sounded great. Uh, they're available at a low, low, low price at TweakedAudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to TweakedAudio.com and use the offer code pretension. We're back, Scott, we and sure we're ready are. to 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 close the book that we opened last week. Last week, listeners might have noticed that the episode was named "April Showers Part One." It is more April rain, rain it talk. It is not more rain talk. Oh, it that's is, too bad. That's all I could prepared. It is shower talk. We are going to do uh, talk about some uh, notable or famous shower scenes in in movies not quite as many to uh to pull from as there are uh rainy movies that i could find yeah i, I personally list. i personally ruled out bathtub scenes because i could have like doubled my list if i wanted to scenes um but i guess uh i get, we should start by acknowledging psycho i mean psycho is the most famous shower scene of all time right
0: Yeah, I I would also say that I also excluded anything where simply a shower is shown or simply someone is sitting in the shower. The the shower has to be running. There has to be an active spray happening.
1: Oh, yes, I know. I I know what you mean. Yeah, because there's um, I I was looking up some examples and and a person mentioned uh, um, John Mahoney crying in the bathtub in, in, in the shower and say anything but the shower's not running. He's like wearing his suit and he's, yeah, he's just trying to go somewhere where his daughter won't see him, I guess. Um, Yeah, exactly. I also ruled that out. Uh, I don't know what to say about um,
0: Psycho. Uh, Well, it it certainly, you know, I mean, it like famously made people scared of showers or whatever. That's one of those things people say that like, I don't know, was this widely reported on or was it just like publicity at the time?
1: Um, I don't know, but I do like, even if I'm home alone, I lock the door if I'm going to take a shower. Oh, really? I leave that thing wide open,
0: let the air flow.
1: Oh no, it's got to be. It's got to. It's going to be too cold then.
0: Oh, it depends on the I, time of year. So we got a bathroom situation that has a little tiny window at the top. So we pop yeah. open that window, pop open the door. You get a nice breeze going through in the morning. Or if, I don't if want it's a like, breeze while I'm showering. Uh, if it's like in the '60s, man, '70s, it's it's awesome.
1: I want to no, know. I want to, I want to, I want to be like, I want it to be a sauna. Natalie had to like, tell me like, no, you have to open the window in the bathroom. You're going to like warp the ceiling or something yeah. <laughs> uh, because I, that's what I want. I want a, you want uh, that ceiling? A, a warped. sauna. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: but yeah. I mean, it, It certain psycho certainly gets to the vulnerability of a shower that you're just sitting there naked and certainly have no defenses about you unless you have a particularly hefty uh, back scrubber or something. Um that uh, i guess
1: yeah like or if you have like a pumice stone yeah i don't use a pumice stone myself
0: if only janet lee had a pumice stone yeah um but certainly like being in a strange place you know i I think about it more so than like my shower at home than like a shower while traveling is like you go into some shower in a hotel or an airbnb you really don't know what the you know accommodations are going to be in there if they're just going to have some weird jug that's like says shampoo and body wash. And you're like, it can't really do both, can it? Um, (laughs) And so when she's, you know, traveling and kind of on an impulsive note, you know, she's in a more vulnerable state than even the average shower. Um, And there's plenty Mm of uh, films that play on that vulnerability to different degrees. Um, You know, I thought a lot about scenes where something happens while someone's in the shower and they don't know about it until they get out. Um, something like frantic um, Harrison Ford's wife gets kidnapped when he's in the shower and oh, just wow. comes out and that's, that's something his whole life has changed upside down. And so there's like a vulnerability to, and just not knowing what's going on in the world around you, in addition to your kind of physical vulnerability that uh, I think some films explore in an interesting way.
1: Yeah. Cause there's that, like um, the thing I like about the shower, about taking showers is that sort of sensory like deprivation but that means that a lot of things could be. That makes you vulnerable. As you're saying, things would be going on that you can't uh, can't hear or or sense uh, in any other way. Did you ever see that the documentary about the shower, the psycho shower scene? I forget. It's like a bunch of numbers. I, uh, I forget.
0: Yeah, I I thought it was kind of dull.
1: Yeah, it wasn't uh, really for me either. I think um, I, it's I think it's one of those things that seems like it's so much for me that I uh, end up being turned off by it.
0: Well, no, I think like the idea was good. The problem is it, it just took the mold of like every other retrospective doc these days. If there's a bunch of people going like, and then things were never the same shower scene in psycho man, best <laughs> scene ever. And it's like, it has a very like analytical title where it seems like it's really going to break things down and like go through what got, what went into every shot right. and every cut. But then it's, it's literally just like Elijah Wood or whoever, you know semi-famous guy they could get to be like psychos where it's at man <laughs> um
1: i yeah, also Ele- yeah elijah wood is definitely um i definitely appreciate his enthusiasm for
0: for movies but uh yeah he's not the
1: not the he's not going to get academic no, uh, no, uh, no
0: about it um i think it's also worth mentioning gus van sant's remake of psycho um i don't know if you've ever seen it
1: I saw it when it was, like, new to VHS, so I was, like, in high school. That's gotcha, the last time yeah. I saw it. Uh,
0: I, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's pretty terrific. Um, and one of the things that he does is he kind of, like, inserts these, like, shots of, like, clouds going through the sky, and there's, like, a cow standing in the middle of uh, the freeway when, um, I can't think of the character's name now. I keep dodging it by saying the actress. Marion, right?
1: I don't know. Ann, Ann Hatch.
0: And Hesh, in this case, when she's dying. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've, I've always been that bad at like, character names.
0: I know, who cares? Um, <laughs> When she's dying to, like, add this kind of, like, surreal element to it. The other thing that's cool in this is pre-shower scene um, is that when uh, Vince Vaughn is kind of, who plays Norm Bates, is kind of giving her the tour of the place, he flips on the light in the bathroom, and it's, like, it's like a sun is in there or something. It's like the place is already on fire. Like, cause mm. we're all going in and know, knowing what's going to happen. It's not like 1960 where the audiences were really caught off guard and like right. shocked by what was going on. You go into the psycho. Now, you know, what's going to happen. And the film is very much like playing into that in a very cool way.
1: Um, one thing I did learn actually that I'm sure you did too from that documentary, about the shower scene is the Gus Van Sant like has this overhead shot of her slumped over the edge of the, yeah the the bathtub that i guess alfred hitchcock had storyboarded that exact shot um but it's not in it because it was like considered thought that it would be like too revealing
0: with like you know the the their ass essentially yeah, yeah. it's hard yeah. to get an overhead shot of someone slumped over in the shower ass up and not catch something <laughs> yeah uh
1: but i i wanted to bring up something um we'll get back to some more obvious ones but like when i was looking at googling like you know people have made other lists of like great shower scenes or bathtub scenes and a lot of people mention again we're not doing bathtubs but a lot of people mention like Mina suvari in the bathtub in american beauty but, but
0: there is know, also shower stuff in american yes beauty.
1: that's what i'm saying people aren't mentioning kevin <laughs> spacey jacking off in in the shower in in american beauty which was like uh I don't know. The fact, the fact that movie was like, had this big moment. Um, it feels that to me, to me, even like, I mean, I liked it at the time cause I was young, but like, if you had come from a place of being steeped in American independent cinema, there's not a lot about American beauty that is like that revelatory. Right. But I remember people like my parents being scandalized <laughs> oh yeah Uh, by the end that that the movie like essentially very nearly opens with a character masturbating in the shower which was not new to cinema at all but it was new to cinema that was seen by that by by certain people who hadn't seen like you didn't know who david o russell was in
0: (laughs) mean? yeah i mean to the mainstream audiences really um and it was also alienating apparently to tom hanks's uh team he was uh, approached for the role of American beauty, or at least his team was. And his team came back when they got to that scene and they were like, Tom Hanks doesn't do dirty movies. <laughs> and when Tom Hanks heard about that, I think the way I read it here about it at the Oscars that American beauty like swept. Um, he was like furious. And because I guess he approached Sam Mendes, he's like, love the film. Congratulations and all the stuff. He's like, yeah, we approached you for it. And he's like, what? <laughs> and yeah, his team got tried to get out in front of it and then denied us. Um, one less problematic element about American beauty.
1: (laughs) Do you, uh, I think about that all the time. Like the idea of people not getting the chance to pass on something because someone else does for them. That's, uh, not that I'm ever going to be in the position, much like you never going to can, I'm never going to be offered (laughs) (laughs) movie roles in Sam Mendes films or anyone else's films. But, um, uh, yeah, that would make me so
0: mad. Right. It's like, You got to trust somebody, I guess, because Tom Hanks gets however many offers a thousand yeah. times a day. But I mean, like, you could always be I Bill Murray. Wrong.
1: Bill, yeah. You know, Bill Murray just has like an answering machine or something.
0: Yeah, but Tom Hanks is operating a different level than Bill Murray, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: okay, uh, I'm trying to think of any other. Uh, weirdly, most of the ones I can think of are not that sexy.
0: Well, uh, I, um, I actually I found quite a few sexy ones, but to keep it um, in the penis realm, there's a uh, rather notable shower scene in at the end of Gone Girl, where yeah. we briefly see Ben Affleck's penis.
1: Yes, it's that's that's here. Uh, yeah, Kevin Spacey didn't go that far. He didn't. No,
0: no, he, uh, he showed it to everyone else. Just not that. Yeah, audience. exactly. <laughs> Uh, um yeah what other sec-
1: uh, what other sexy ones do you
0: have i, was well, I, I just want to draw on gone girl for a second oh, okay. because one gone girl is an amazing movie yeah and two it's like that part is so representative of what's so great about it is it has all these like kind of side moments you know for the most part it's like operating as a pretty straightforward thriller but it keeps having this stuff that's like just a little outside the mainstream and just a little weirder than it would seem to be on the surface and that's one of those touches that like only comes about because someone like david fincher cares about the material a little bit but not like is not at all reverential about it and is looking for ways to kind of like um undercut it or pervert it in some way
1: um yeah there's we we're, we're, we're talking only about literal showers but there's another kind of shower in that movie which is uh very true uh what's her name Rosman Pike um yeah. showering in Neil Patrick Harris's uh, arterial spray absolutely uh, yeah yeah very cool movie very cool movie I, uh, um do you ver- okay so i know uh we don't we don't have that many movies to talk about so that's why i keep taking us on digressions but you and i are both fans of gore verbinski's pirates movies oh yeah
0: we talked about it last week in fact
1: uh yeah that's right <laughs> that's shows what fans we are but i feel like based on the conversations that i see on film twitter or whatever like in recent years, we have started to become more vindicated in that in that fandom. You know what I I'm mean, saying?
0: Me especially. You came to this shit late. I was there opening weekend for every Pirates movie, That's and loved them all every yeah. time.
1: I I foolishly missed out on that. I, not that I not that I didn't like them. We'll get to that in a second. As you see where I'm going with this. Um, but yeah, I did come to them late. But I have been a fan, um, and I, I, I love them. I feel like people are really starting to feel the same way and as much as i want to feel like smug about that about having been right i also feel like i have to take my lumps in the other way okay you know and i feel like david fincher is a guy that i like did not get until zodiac and now i go back and i'm like oh yeah he was really talented seven we talked about seven last week too seven is awesome uh I have not revisited Fight Club. I can't bring myself to because I hated it so much. But uh maybe I was wrong. But I guess what I'm saying is when you when you and I shower in the accolades for having been right about Gorobinsky, we should also take a moment to humble ourselves about the things we were wrong about. Have I mean, you ever been
0: wrong about anything? I mean, I was going to say speak for yourself. <laughs> um have a, I'm sure I have. I just can't really think of any major active ones there's stuff i've come around on there's i mean plenty of classics that i saw too young stuff like that um but i'm trying to think of things that like as someone who should know better i saw and didn't get and dismissed and then came back around on. i'm sure it's happened but nothing like being so wrong about david fincher um i would be interested to hear what you think about Club if you were to watch it today because i mean it is certainly a very immature film um another loosely shower one. Cause they, they have a shower that doesn't work. So maybe it doesn't quite fit the bill. Um, but, um, but it's just so like impressively done and like that kind of stuff, I think more so as I get older, like the sheer achievement of some directing feats is enough to carry me through a movie where like the care with which it's assembled and executed can be so overwhelming and so cool that I'm like, you know, maybe ideologically it doesn't all hang, but there's, it's got some moves, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I mean, we're getting even further afield, but, uh, last time you, you and I talked a week ago, um, you had not yet seen ambulance. Now you've seen ambulance. We're both, you and I are on oh, the same yeah. page about, uh, loving that five-star movie, but, um, I said I mentioned this in my review of Ambulance that like the thing that most often takes me out of Michael Bay's movies no matter how like you're talking about like how how lovingly assembled they are and thoughtfully assembled that they are um there's almost always like really bad comedy in his movies and that can be that can really break that spell you're talking Bay about
0: humor is its own <laughs> thing
1: um, and the Ambulance has almost none of it, which is, I think...
0: It's got a little bit of it, though. It's, Jake Gyllenhaal totally. some lines early on that are real cringers. And it has, like, the old woman who interrupts the elevator coming in. And, like, it plays, like, the, frankly, kind of offensive, like, uh, I guess, vaguely Chinese music. Um it's got, it's got a little bit of Bay. Humor yeah.
1: You're right. It does, it does have, yeah, but not compared. you know, compared to like uh Josh Duhamel calling like tech support in the first transformers movie. And it's like a stereotypical Indian. Oh, absolutely. Guy. Yeah. That's uh, one of the worst. Um, anyway. Okay. Let's get back to showers.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. You mentioned sexy showers. So I got, yeah, uh, more sexy you more. Seen, you seem dressed to kill. I've never seen Dressed to Kill. Uh, I'm not like the biggest diploma guy, but it's got a pretty great opening. Um, It's like a dream sequence. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's like a dream sequence of a woman showering and, of course, lathering up in a very salacious way. Um, And then a guy like kills her. And as I recall, anyway, it kind of like breaks with that to show that it's like someone's like active fantasy in a way. Um, But it's like done in this very like -like, dreamlike, very surreal, you know, I mean, De Palma's so style Maximus style at all times. Um, and this is certainly a very striking way to uh open a movie. Um, other sexy shower stuff. Oh, there's a full-on, like break literally breaking the bathroom sex scene in the uh Richard Gere remake of Breathless. Um, pretty cool movie overall, and um certainly the abundance of uh um beautiful woman naked in the movie goes a long way towards that, but um Uh, The sex scene is one of the more, like, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of, like, histories of ridiculous sex scenes from the 80s and 90s. And this uh, definitely deserves to be in a a top 10 list of it because it's so, like, ridiculously physical and how it goes about it. Um, Um, What else did I have that sexy?
1: You mentioned uh, a movie where someone gets killed in the shower with the word kill in the title. Okay. There's a movie, uh, I doubt you've seen it, it's called Night Kill. No. Uh but Kino Lover put out a Blu-ray a few years ago that I reviewed. It's a pretty it's a pretty cool movie. It's from 1980, um, and Jacqueline Smith is being investigated for murders she did not commit by a um, very menacing detective played by played by Robert Mitchum. All right, um, it's 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 a cool little movie. That's not really. It's like it's described as horror because it has horrific things in it, but it's really kind of like a Mystery thriller type of movie, but it does have a truly gruesome uh, scene where someone gets basically my idea of what a shower should be turned up to eleven. Basically, someone gets like locked in a shower and scalded alive uh, until right. they die from it's. Pr- it's really horrific stuff. So that's the kind of stuff that's that. But then, that's weirdly like after Psycho, Nightkill is the first one that came to my mind because it's such a
0: memorably gruesome death scene. Sure um the closest I have along these lines, I guess it's kind of a continuation of like missing stuff while you're in the shower. There's a bit, as I recall anyway, in demon lover where, um, uh, woman's taking a shower and then she comes out. She had just like killed somebody. And then she comes out and the bathrooms, like been totally wiped and clean. And it kind of adds like the surreal environment of that film. But again, it's so surreal that I might be mixing up scenes too. And yeah. imagining this happening in a different order, but also, any excuse to mention demon lovers yeah that's
1: me. such a cool movie I, I haven't seen it since it was like new but uh yeah i need to to watch that again um what else so uh, i'm gonna mention a couple that came up so like there were some that like kept coming up i I saw weird science when i was a kid i don't remember it that well it. okay i don't i'm sure it's not that great but um that one came up a lot uh so listeners just in case you're like why did not i about weird science <laughs> we don't remember. And then a lot of people mentioned a lot of these lists I found mentioned American psycho, which I feel like that's him in the shower at the beginning is like a part of the like montage, the introduction and him getting ready. I don't know if the shower in particular is memorable enough to make the the list.
0: Yeah. I saw that come up too. And I, it's been so long since I've seen it that I couldn't remember anything beyond like, yeah, it's part of his morning routine and like part of him establishing
1: and he like but like you know describes the products that he uses yeah like, totally yeah um which as i like as i get uh older i use more uh fancy hygiene and and uh <laughs> facial skincare and hair care uh products so i uh, relate to that a little i'm turning into Patrick, Patrick Bateman, Bateman yeah. a little bit, yeah. That, that's how that goes. As soon as you start using fancy scalp. shower stuff, you're yeah. <laughs> seconds away from killing somebody. My exfoliating scalp scrub that I use <laughs> in between my shampoo and conditioner.
0: Uh, okay,
1: well, okay. Let's get back to horror movies because there's so many.
0: Uh, yeah, you will have to tell me because I did not jot down many, but also I've only kind of come around recently on horror, so I probably haven't seen the ones uh, you okay. might have thought of.
1: Um, well, another one that. The handful that ca- came to mind before i even started doing research one of them was um the grudge which uh, even if you haven't seen the grudge you might remember it's in the trailer that she's like uh in the shower and she like feels something in her head and there's like a fist at the back of her head i know this from the trailer yeah 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 um but that's a uh, uh the grudge is um i i don't know if you've seen jew on the the Japanese movie, it's a remake of now it's better. It's a, it's the opposite of the trajectory of the ring. Like Ringu is not bad. It's like kind of ridiculous, but to get back to being us being Verbinski heads, um, (laughs) the, the remake of the ring is, I think superior to, to ring. I haven't seen it. The, the grudge, um, is the other way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's not as, as good, but it does have Buffy in it. And I like, sure. (laughs) Uh, and then another um, another one that I couldn't believe I didn't think of until I saw it on a list. Uh, and I, this is... Tyler's so glad. He's he's lucky he's not here for this. Uh, arachnophobia. Um, also, haven't seen it. Okay, well, also, like, you talked about Psycho being a movie that could make you, like, scared of taking a shower. Arachnophobia is... I know I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but it's burned into my memory and it has sure. almost, almost every setup, every set piece in that movie seems like it's designed to make you fear doing that thing for the rest of your life, you sure. know, grabbing a mug out of the cupboard or uh, reaching up under a lamp to turn on, uh, to, to turn the, the, the lamp on, uh, everything. And yeah, there's also a, uh, uh a shower scene, which I rewatched on YouTube today. <laughs> um, very tastefully, uh, done lots of different angles in the shower none of them uh revealing anything you uh, wouldn't want revealed in the in a pg-13 movie so uh well done (laughs) well
0: thank god can't have the children (laughs) seeing any of that
1: they can see like gnarled and desiccated corpses of course of course yeah but uh
0: yeah no bush (laughs) (laughs) sure do you have have anything else on the horror no I, i got i got no horror I've got uh I've got sad relationship stuff. I got uh comedic stuff. Which I have a lot to go.
1: Let's go with comedic because another one that I uh watched again on um on YouTube today, and it barely even counts because it's just someone getting out of the shower. But um Amy Adams in enchanted. Uh speaking of like trying to be tasteful in this like Disney type thing, she gets out of the shower naked, but there's like animated bluebirds right. like wrapping yes. the uh uh, holding up the towel and wrapping
0: the towel around her. It's very everything about that movie is so charming. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've only seen it the once. So I forgot about that scene, but that's that's a good bit. I was trying to think too of like I know I've seen lots of older movies with sh- shower scenes that you know similarly do some kind of tasteful workaround. Um, the only ones I could think of were um, bringing up baby, which is another th- something happens to you while you're in the shower and you don't know about it when she steals his clothes um, and. And uh, Rafter Romance, which is a great 30s, um, not, I wouldn't call it a screwball comedy, more, more of a romantic comedy about Ginger Rogers and this guy sharing an, an apartment. She works, I can't remember, one of them works nights, one of them works days. And so they just switch off who's using the apartment and they keep sabotaging the shower for the other as part of like, you know, the, the conflict part of the rom-com um, by like putting like a bucket of water on there that dumps it all over their heads. Um, so there's a lot of good uh, shenanigans involving the shower there. It's also one of those movies where like, you know how sometimes you watch old movies and you're like, oh, things were, things were swell back then. Everyone looked like they had to dad." But then there's some things you see in old movies. You're like, I am so glad I did not live in this time. This thing's like the worst environment. And the shower in that movie is one of those things where it's just like a pipe coming out of the wall that's in the corner of their room, their one room apartment. And they like have a curtain that goes around it. It doesn't seem like there's any like drainage system going on. It just kind of like hangs there. And you're like, how did people live in the depression?
1: <laughs> um uh there's a movie. Uh what is it called? It's called Yeah, it's a Frank Tashley movie called The F- The First Time. Okay. D- 1952. It's a about a um this isn't about showers, but it's about a a, a couple who were raising their first kid. And they get uh speaking of like thing the way things used to be, there was no such thing as disposable diapers back then. You had to right. wash all the diapers. So they get like a machine that's like a diaper washer thing and they had to figure out how to use it that that all seems disgusting but the thing that maybe <laughs> i saw this movie at the egyptian probably 15 years ago sure um a double bill with um um uh, the long long trailer
0: okay which, yeah uh, i I've guess young
1: young couples uh sort of uh theme yeah. anyway the thing that sticks with me about the first time more than anything else is the fact that they throughout the movie pronounced the word
0: that's not possible no they say diaper (laughs) is it a character are multiple people saying this or this way
1: both members of the couple are saying it that way
0: this seems impossible (laughs) you said this was what year 51 52 52 like i have to have heard the word diaper said the normal way in other movies pre-1952
1: i don't know why would they be talking about Diapers uh, that long ago. (laughs) They didn't even like show a toilet on TV until like 10 years after this. Like,
0: yeah, but that was considered
1: off limits. So maybe Frank Tashlin being comedic about it could like sneak it in, but there wasn't much call to talk about
0: diapers. I'm gonna have to rewatch like Bachelor Mother or some other, you know, movie about raising a kid.
1: But it also like these things happen, like they happen quickly. Like, everyone saying los angeles with a g like a soft g didn't really happen until the 70s it was like all over the place los Los angeles and los angeles and and all that uh, all that stuff um but it was actually i think it was like made official by the city the pronunciation sometime in the 70s yeah i remember i read a whole thing about it years ago i'm probably getting something wrong but um like even Even the mayor at the time, I think, was like, well, I've always said Los Angeles, but I guess we have to say Los Angeles now.
0: (laughs) Um, Maybe everyone in America saw this movie and was confronted with the horrible way they were saying diapers and were like, this must stop.
1: (laughs) All right. Um, I uh, realized I skipped a a horror movie. One of... um, if not for Psycho, I would say one of the most iconic, or it's still one of the most iconic, but it might it be might be the most iconic to me sci- shower scene outside of Psycho, um, and that's Carrie, to talk about Brian De Palma again. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, but that's uh, it's horrifying in an entirely different way.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that really speaks to talk about vulnerability of, um, I mean- I, 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 identify with Carrie a lot in that scene because I've always had a very, uh, uneasy relationship with the idea of group showers and like locker room showers and stuff. Um, so the very like notion of being in there in the first place is already deeply uncomfortable to me, um, let alone what ends up happening to her throughout that scene. Um, speaking actually of like that kind of tone or at least the mixing of blood and water, yeah. um, I thought of, uh, Margaret too, which has, um, the scene where she comes back from the accident, and like avoids talking to her mom just to like try to put it out of her head and goes in the shower and like tries to w- wash all the blood off of her. And that's when her mom like comes in and comforts her. Oof, Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, now I, um, to take another detour, still on showers, but, um, sure. Carrie is a Stephen King novel. Yeah. There's also a very notable shower scene in, um, the 1990 miniseries version of it. Okay. Um, That came up a lot. I just want to acknowledge it, but I'm not trying to steer
0: clear of TV here. Um, Yeah. It gets enough attention.
1: If, if I weren't steering clear of TV, I might mention uh, in the Sopranos, speaking of school, public showers uh, when Vito Spadaford's son while being bullied uh, shits on the floor in (laughs) in the shower after gym class.
0: Sure. Um, uh, well, speaking of locker rooms, I mean, I know the scene has aged poorly, but we'd be remiss to not mention Porky's here. Um,
1: I've never seen that one. Uh,
0: it's a better movie than I think its current rep gives it credit for. But also, because it's, it's
1: Bob Clark, right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, like, he's made a lot of good the guys movies. got some moves. Yeah, and it's not like the boys are the heroes of the movie either. Like, they're also like total grotesque caricatures, and it's, it's I. I think like watching the movie, I felt like it was just as much satirizing them as it was like indulging them, but it is also to an extent indulging them. So, I mean, I, I see both ways, but it's, it's a sharper movie than it gets credit for. But of course as, in terms of iconic shower scenes, you can't um, ignore boys spying on the, on the girl shower.
1: Yeah. Um, well, uh, a- a- another one uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a, <laughs> The segue here. Uh, think, speaking of seeing a lot of people naked at once. Hey, there we go. Uh, Starship Troopers also has a pretty famous shower scene because it's meant to sort of like illustrate what the sexual like mores are of this future uh, uh, culture where the, the military does not separate men and women and men and women uh, who are in basic training just all shower together. Um, yeah, I've actually never
0: seen Star Trek Troopers. It's a major blind spot for me.
1: Oh, okay. Well, um, that one's famous for off-screen reasons, where it was allegedly Paul Verhoeven, because he was asking his entire cast, essentially, to get naked, allegedly directed the scene naked.
0: That's always a weird move. Like, uh, Shader I don't think allegedly it... did that for um, the Canyons, and it's like, but why?
1: Yeah, I think at the time being in high school and reading that i'd be like oh he's showing like that uh, he's willing to suffer too but like post me too and like louis Gay right. and stuff it's like oh maybe that wasn't maybe that wasn't cool because also like um who's the photographer terry richardson who's been like accused of all kinds of uh, oh, terrible stuff not as familiar okay well he, he would do that 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 too and it was uh, you know based on the accusa- accusations allegedly it was very much a sexual thing for him to get naked with the women he was asking to 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 get naked so um
0: yeah i mean given that our examples here are that paul verhoeven and paul schrader i'm sure there's a sexual component to a lot of this (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to imagine that uh it's like they are purely uh as professional as they uh present themselves to be
1: yeah i'm trying to imagine like uh um I was like Penny Marshall on the set of set of Running <laughs> <Yeah>. Man. Like,
0: <laughs> like, come on, we'll do this. Or just uh, like, I mean, it, it's easy to go to like a female director example, but, like, some, some, like Roger Michelle or something. Like, it's yeah, yeah. like a total journeyman, bo- you know, good director but boring guy probably. Yeah, um, it's hard to, yeah, um, to picture that. Uh, uh, okay, well, oh, wait, I,
1: I, one that I thought of. Um, because you mentioned bringing a baby. There's another famous, uh, Cary Grant in charade. He gets yeah, in the shower absolutely. with his, with his suit on.
0: Yeah. Great little bit.
1: Yeah. I, I always, I'm like, oh, he's he's going to ruin that suit. It's like, like when, uh, he's uh, Cary
0: Grant, he's got suits yeah. for days.
1: When, um, at the beginning of Moonstruck, when Danny Ailo composes and you hear the, I can't remember like the maitre d' or whatever, say, oh, he's going to ruin that suit when he kneels down in the restaurant. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, what else did I have those semi-related to that? Well, actually, speaking of, I guess, uh, no, I guess I don't know if that's a with close on situation. But I'll just mention it anyway. Um, great running bit in Woody Allen's To Rome With Love of, um, oh, hell, what's the guy's name? From, Jesse Eisenberg? No, from Life is Beautiful. Alec Baldwin. Oh, Roberto Benini. Roberto Benini, who can, uh, who, his... So it's a movie of like four plots that are just kind of strung together. It's
1: I've seen it. I don't really remember anything about it.
0: It really, this is to me the most memorable part of most Woody Allen movies. Um, It's like a classic, like very arch Woody Allen bit where he can only sing very well in the shower. So he develops an entire career of singing in the shower to the extent that he's performing live on stage with a shower running and projecting his operatic voice. Um, Great, great idea for a bit. And I mean it's a very scattershot movie, but I, I always like that bit.
1: I I think um I by the time I saw Jerome with Love, I was already like I was watching it through a lens of like how I felt about Woody Allen, what I knew about him. And so I think I focused so much on like like Elliot Page playing the like <laughs> fraudster faux intellectual uh oh, sure. and it seemed like there was something kind of misogynistic about the the way that this uh this this female character like worms his way into the honest intellectual's life by pretending to be smart it it, it felt kind of uh condescending to me and i think i that's mostly what i took away from it
0: oh everybody on movies at least a little condescending um, Uh yeah that's true similar uh adventures abroad stuff uh there's a running shower bit and lost in translation where bill murray keeps um turning on the shower when it's like a little below him it's uh one of the more uncomfortable racist elements i think of last yeah. translation where they keep going back to height differences um but at the same time like i've been to japan there's a lot of cultural differences and a lot of differences specifically surrounding the bathroom and uh i guess it's more I don't know the extent to which it's more appropriate might vary depending on the audience, but, um, I could see why she wouldn't go to the toilet necessarily as the source of humor. So the shower is representative of a general, uh, bathroom difference. Uh,
1: all right. Um, I've only got a couple more. They're both comedies. Um, one, this feels like the shower isn't actually that important to the scene, but it's a thing fa- when Ferris Bueller says, like, life comes at you pretty fast, or whatever. Yeah. He's in the shower and he does that thing where he gives himself, like, a little, like, faux hawk. Right. Um, that's pretty memorable. Uh, but then also, um, if it, uh, okay, I should have used this as a segue because it is earlier, because it is potentially, I think, troubling. And I think it's to the credit of. Multiple people, multiple people involved that the scene actually plays as sweet as it is uh, and that's Elf when uh, Zoe Deschanel is showering at work I guess this right. department store has showers yeah he's singing maybe uh, it's cold outside and um, Buddy the Elf hears her goes in and sits on the sink right next to the shower and starts harmonizing with her and uh, I think it's to the credit of um will Farrell and and john favreau that we we are so sold on Buddy's in innocence by this time right that we don't feel uh threatened and i think so additional plays it well uh when she when the uh the character whose name i'm forgetting um realizes that he's he's there it's a it's a sweet funny scene that um out of context could definitely be troubling
0: absolutely um, yeah, I only have a couple more, actually these two tie together pretty well. So, um, there's, um, a good solid scene in Jerry Maguire where, um, Jerry's having a locker room meeting with, um, I can't think of Cuba Gooding Jr. Character name. This is the episode of us for getting character names, yeah. but he's having a meeting with Cuba Gooding Jr. Who just gotten out of the shower, um, and air dries stark naked. And it, uh, is a very uncomfortable moment for Jerry um he's not used to um well it's really like part and parcel of the whole character's journey of becoming more vulnerable and becoming more humane but he can't like deal with a guy who's just so open about himself um the flip there's, side of that go ahead
1: oh you know what this might be the one you're gonna say so uh go ahead
0: all right the flip side of that is um sarah paulie's take this waltz where um there's a bunch of women showering together totally nude not a concern in the world totally comfortable around each other and the film isn't at all like um i never know how to pronounce it, like a pronounce like let's be serious about it prurient about it whatever um like leering at them in any way or yeah. like showing them off it's just like this is a routine part of female friendship
1: can i tell you that like being on uh at that time being on like comedy nerd message boards <laughs> there was so much buzz about like sarah silverman's going to be naked in a movie among certain types of sure, comedy absolutely. fans you know um not all comedy nerds are as uh erudite as me and tyler a lot of them are just big fucking nerds (laughs) Um, and so yeah there was a lot of buzz of like oh my god sarah silverman is going to be naked in a movie and then yeah i wonder what those people when they saw it if they were like because yeah it is like you said not lascivious is that the sure yeah sure um no but your um locker room one i don't know if there's i'm not sure how fresh out of the shower he is but Uh, in any given Sunday, there's a part where Cameron Diaz is the owner of the team, like storms in the locker room and has a confrontation, a verbal confrontation with Jamie Foxx while he's completely naked. And it's, uh, it's the opposite of Jerry. She's not at all uncomfortable. That's kind of the point of the scene is that she's this like, you know,
0: badass bitch. It's another movie that I've wanted to see for a while never gotten around to it.
1: Oh, see, all you needed to do was, um, be my age. (laughs) oh okay i'll try to work on that (laughs) Uh, yeah i certainly uh saw any given sunday multiple times and it was brand new it was a big deal to me at that time uh
0: what else is that it i think that's kind of it i got a couple of handfuls that i I don't even feel that interested in enough to mention
1: okay let me double check um see if there's anything else i uh wanted to talk about this no i got i think i got it all all right well we talked about uh Last week, we talked about rain showers. This week, we talked about, you know, shower showers showers. and mostly terrible things happening in in them.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, what's the fun of a pleasant shower scene?
1: I could think of some some (laughs) upsides. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, you can find... like I said, you can find my review of the Nightkill Blu-ray at, at com. You can find other stuff at com As well, you can email me at David at com. Email Tyler, if you want, at Tyler at BattleshipPretension.com. He's on Safari. Uh, I don't know if he's checking his email out there in the Savannah or whatever. Um, but uh, you can email him. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey pretension Also, check out my other podcast. It's called The One Where I Met Your Mother. And we uh, every week we talk about an episode of friends and an episode of how I met your mother were near the end of season two of, of, of both were, um, uh, uh, at, at Marshall and Lily's wedding and on how I met your mother and, uh, Nikki cat just showed up on an episode of friends. Oh boy. Um, so just Nikki cat, uh, and then the, like I think the week before or was it the same week? Uh, Giovanni B just very nineties, uh 90s cool character actor guy <laughs> episode of 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 friends but uh you can find that at com wherever you find podcasts and uh, Scott where uh can people find you on the-
0: Oh, you know, here and there, this and that. Um be at TCM Fest next weekend with our own David Bax. Yeah. Take it in the classic films of the festival. I only recently put my schedule together like yesterday. Um but I'm I'm quite excited for it and then back here in 2 weeks to discuss that very event
1: yes that's right next week um i have no idea what's happening because tyler is doing the show without me so uh we will eventually eventually tyler and i will be will be on the podcast seems unlikely uh, at this point together well i mean you could always sign up for the patreon we're still doing the, the Patreon <laughs> episodes
0: together well so, doing, um, you probably logged a few, right. And then, uh, cause he's yes. not recording from the Savannah,
1: right? Yes. Then we will, uh, log, we'll bank a few more before, uh, we get, uh, back to doing actual regular episodes together, but, uh, yeah, have fun next week. Um, I hope you enjoy not hearing my voice for a week. Won't that be something? Um, until then, thank you for listening.
0: We'll get you next time. Bye.